0: One down, one to go, part two of covering the commonwealth starts right now.
1: Yep, we're copying this idea. Covering the Commonwealth. A look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them. Let's start with the JMU Duke. Shane
0: Metlin. Harrisonburg Daily News record with us here in the fast lane. Shane perfection is no more for the jmu dukes men's basketball team they had a heck of a run they were the second to last team to have a perfect record in men's basketball the only one remaining the houston cougars who does not shock anybody they would get to that point because they are a perennial team that makes deep runs into the ncaa tournament with kelvin Sampson. how big of a run was this for jmu and how quickly can they get back to their winning ways
2: Uh, I mean, it was huge. It was a huge run just, I think, to, you know, really start to kind of change the perception of what the JMU program is and can be. Um, Even having a few winning seasons strung together here since Mark Byington got to JMU, it's still, you know, men's basketball still kind of been down the line of teams people think of when they think of the success at JMU. So I think in that regard it was pretty big. And, you know, they're about to play four straight home games. I think you'd hope that um, they they can get it. Get another winning streak together here, um, you know. Hit the twenty-win mark before the end of the month, and you know, just really kind of keep the keep the success going.
0: Is it time yet to worry about the long-term
2: NCAA tournament outlook for the Dukes? I, I don't know. I mean, I think you just got to. You gotta keep winning. I mean, if they you know, if we're talking about two or three lost team by the end of the year, I think, you know, you start to talk about at large bids and you know, you look at teams like Charleston and even Florida Atlantic last year where they were at this point in the season, where they got to towards the end of the season, um, they were pretty safely uh in place to get at large bids. I think that's still on the table for JMU. I don't think they had to go undefeated to do that, but you also can't be like, you know, in twelve and eight in the Sun Belt and uh, be talking like that. So I mean, I think a lot of I think their goals are still on the table for JMU right now, but um, they, they want to get back to to winning and, and have a pretty gaudy record by the time season's over.
0: Pivoting from basketball to football with Shane Metland of the Harrisonburg Daily News Record. Shane, the JMU Dukes, they have been quite busy adding players through the transfer portal to replace the ones like Elijah Sarrod, who followed Kirk Signetti the JMU from JMU to Indiana, and of course, quarterback Jordan McLeod, who is yet to announce his destination. Uh, Those are uh, the way things are going for JMU in the portal. How much of the theme is power five bounce backs, guys that were power five talent, but for whatever reason, didn't work out there and the Dukes are banking on it, working out in Harrisonburg?
2: Yeah, that seems to be the way they're heading. And, uh, you know, not even only that, it's a lot of guys who maybe are just looking for that place to to finish out their career the last year or so. You're seeing a lot of guys who there, – there are some that have – multiple years of eligibility but you look at at the quarterback position you know dylan morris who you know we may or may not see in the national championship game tonight playing for washington but you know he's been there for four years and now has one more year kind of to play with with the COVID year and everything and um you know losing out to an all-american losing the job out to an all-american is a you know a tough situation and he's stuck there for four years and now it seems like he wants to go to a place like JMU where he can kind of see what he can do as a starter and um you know that that seems to be kind of you know the big theme for some of these guys that are coming there
0: yes it is indeed the theme is always good insight from shane metlin of the Harrisonburg daily news record shane thank you for your time today once again in the fast lane we look forward to chatting again yeah, thanks for having me. Shay Metlin with us here in the Fast Lane. Now too. the Radford Highlanders with Rick Watson, the voice of the Radford Highlanders, who's with us once again here in the Fast Lane. Rick, a pleasure to be speaking with you. Radford, the schedule doesn't get any easier, and we will get to that momentarily. But losing two in a row, Clemson, predictable. They're a top 25 team. And then a high point this past Wednesday at home, a 14-point loss. How much does JM or how much does Radford learn from that? Getting ready for a showdown this Thursday, a big one on ESPNU as well as the VTR in Roanoke app, or our listeners can hear to it. Uh, but a game that's going to have a national spotlight at Longwood this Thursday.
1: I think the biggest thing that coach Nichols took out of it was, and he was, you know, he's always very honest. He said, we just backed down from their toughness. And it showed with the differential on the glass. It's uh A situation now where they know what they have to fix. If you go back to the Clemson game and then High Point, they've given up 90 total rebounds in those two games. Each squad had 45 boards and it just limits any kind of room for error. So those are the types of things that you try to figure out now before it gets too deep in the conference schedule. And you're right, this uh, schedule coming up uh, couldn't be any tougher for anybody in the Big South.
0: Indeed, it could not. Longwood is this coming Thursday. Uh, a national TV audience for that. And we don't always bring that up, of course, because we carry Radford Highlander games on the VTR in Roanoke app at 99.5 FM, 1240 AM Roanoke, 95.5 FM, 1350 AM in Bedford as well. But you put that in a 9 o'clock game Thursday night. How challenging is the atmosphere expected to be over in Farmville for the Highlanders?
1: Yeah, TV definitely being a pain in the butt, Uh, no doubt. (laughs) Um, Inconvenience, to say the least. Um, I think more of the situation is I think he feels pretty good about the matchup just talking to him today. It's just the the 9 o'clock game. Plus, now they had to alter their travel plan because, as you know, they travel to Winthrop on Saturday. So instead of being able to come home and practice in the Dedman Center, they have to play that game late. Stay in Farmville, leave on Friday, drive all day. It's about two hours, three hours further, and then you have a late practice Friday and get ready for a two o'clock tip so that will be some adversity that we'll see how the Highlanders respond but you know along with Griff Aldridge, it's all about defense man they uh, he's done a terrific job making them traditionally along with Winter these are the best two defensive teams we've seen in the league over the last five years. so you add that with <laughs> to travel inconvenience, it's going to be a, an interesting test to see if all those lessons learned and the non-conference starts to come true early.
0: That is one of the challenges for the Radford Highlanders. You mentioned the tight turnaround and how challenging that is. Um, what's the precedent, if any, or is it more just you give it your all against Longwood and then you try to regroup if you need to make it light Friday? That's what you do.
1: Yeah, that's what they're going to do. I mean, they're going out and trying to treat this as a normal game. The first one of the practice time, they do get an extra day on the other end of it, but it won't help them a lot for Winthrop. And he, you know, he's going to trust the fact these are young guys and they played a lot of back to backs, you know, when they went over to Japan and when we went over to Cancun. So the guys will be fine. It's just a matter of where their bodies get enough rest and those types of things. I think that's one of the things that he's really concerned about is just making sure these guys have enough downtime in between two games basically in a day and a half that's a good
0: point from rick watson who will have many more during the broadcast that starts at 8 30 this coming thursday on the VTR in Roanoke cap as the radford highlanders are at the longwood lancer should be a fun atmosphere if nothing else uh that could give you the added energy for the inconvenient late start rick thank you for making it convenient for us to connect with you today in the fast lane
1: always thank you guys happy new year
0: indeed rick watson with us here in the fast lane and wow
1: but not least, or maybe
0: least. That professional football team that is looking for a new front office leadership structure and head coach. House cleaning. With Candy Waller, Seawall Sports and Entertainment, who is with us here in the Fast Lane. Candy, a pleasure to speak with you. This Washington Commanders organization and operation. Uh, they didn't waste any time earlier today making the changes from Ron Rivera as well as cleaning out the front office and the front the front office staff for this organization. Curious if you had the same reaction, which is when you look at who they are putting in charge with the commanders, Bob Myers. The former Warriors architect, two-time NBA Executive of the Year, and architect of the four-time champ Warriors, as well as former NFL GM Rick Spielman, that uh, right now it depends on who they hire, just how much influence those two will actually have on the direction of the franchise day to day.
3: Well, it it will some clarification there, right? Um, they both are part of the uh, advisory team. Well, two things. Bob Bob Myers is going to be working with um, Josh Harris as his advisor for a bit. Right? And they're also, both of them, going to be working on the search team for the next head of football operations and the head coach. So, two sports executives, that are just great at what they do, have overall knowledge, but really they're in an advisory capacity working alongside the ownership group as well. I think it's an important point to also share that current commanders, um, General Manager Martin Mayhew, as well as Marty Herney, are still working with the team. Matter of fact, everybody else is still working with the team during the during the search it is remains to be seen how long everyone stays around right some may stay others may go it really depends on who is chosen as the head of football operations But right now, uh, Washington Commander's uh, controlling, managing partner, Josh Harris, has informed everybody it is business as usual, continue to work. Some will continue on to help with the search of, of kind of filling out the staff there. But right now, only Ron Rivera is out and everyone else will be evaluated once the head of football operations comes on board.
0: Clarification coming from Candy Waller here in the fast lane on W226BG Timberlake, WVGMA, Lynchburg. WMNA, Gretna Danville, Southside. She's at CEO Seawall on Twitter. Excuse me, Seawall SE on Twitter. CEO Seawall and Seawall Sports on Instagram. Candy, you mentioned the the head of football operations in, in determining where this whole direction goes with Josh Harris and the rest of the ownership group. How much does that influence your perception of who they might hire as a head coach in the sense that if it's a guy like a Belichick or a Harbaugh or a proven coach that wants full control you would think they are less likely to go for a collaborative setup whereas a younger coach and that's who the commanders seem to have been aiming their initial target interviews they would be more open to that approach
3: I think they're really looking at um Who's the best and the brightest in the business? And next up, in terms of leading the next up and coming um, NFL team, it really appears that way that they are really taking and they've already cast a very open and wide net of who's the best, who's the brightest, who's the top, those top teams right now that are showing some consistency and longevity in draft as well as in free agency. Um, I've been trying to keep everybody up to date on my pages on the different lists for football head of football operations as well as head coach, and they really got a good list, if I must say so myself.
0: So you're confident the direction of this franchise is, uh, well, it's not a high bar to clear, but in better shape than if there was a prior, uh, if there was not an ownership change to actually solve this? Right, exactly. There will definitely
3: be, and uh, Josh Harris informed the media today, this, this is a... He's looking at it as a two-person structure, someone that is the head of football operations that they would then work together to figure out, okay, who would be the next head coach, and then go on from there with the head coach being able to decide and talk through coaching changes alongside themselves as well. It for certain sounds like they do want to keep some folks that are already in the building. Does not sound like, at least not today, everybody up and out. It sounds like they want to go through the true evaluation process for everyone. The the ownership evaluated Ron Rivera and made their decision. Now they want to go through this the traditional way with a head of football operations and then a head coach and then the evaluation, um, so on and so forth, so forth for the current staff.
0: Candy, thank you for all that knowledge and clarification. It sounds like we have another reason to chat with you next week when we'll be further along in this process, but maybe not anywhere super close to a firm conclusion.
3: Absolutely. There sounds like there will be a lot to discuss this offseason. Josh Harris even told us in the end that he will see us again soon. So.
0: Much more to come. We shall see, and we shall hear from Candy Waller, CEO Seawall, Seawall SE. Well, Seawall SE is Twitter, CEO Seawall and Seawall Sports on Instagram. That does it for us today in the Fast Lane. Tomorrow, more on the local sports angles, tech, UVA, Liberty basketball, and maybe some football as well, certainly with Ben Cates of NewsAdvance.com. All of that's still to come. In the meantime, back to regular CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg programming.